Grimm. I believe in you, Ellen Cherry. I think you're real. I think you're real, too. <laughs> you're real, real. The real, real. I think that's a fashion thing you can buy on the internet if you want to buy fashion clothes. Fashion clothes. Speaking of clothes, I went through my entire closet um, last week because I was just like, I have all these wonderful clothes that I love to wear um, in the before times. For mostly for standing around, not for doing anything, but just like being a hanger for those clothes. Just you know, striking a pose. Striking a pose, right? Um, And now I'm just like basically like I mean, we're a year into this pandemic, Mm -hmm. and like most people who figured it out within four weeks because they are I don't know smarter than I am that you should just get a pair of sweatpants you really like, and just get. I bought two pairs of these sweatpants. Just just commit to it. I'm, I bought two pairs and I rotate them and they're like, and at this point it's really funny. Cause like when I see myself and I'm just like, I look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wrote, you, they're like, car, they're like tires for your car. You rotate them. They start to show thread a little bit. You have to, you know, I just think it's funny that I've like, check the tread. Oh, so the end of that story is that I went through my closet and I put all the, the before times clothes into clothes I think you should leave that in there because we just got blasted by the end of the song. Yeah. That's all right. Warts and all. Um, Warts and all. Anyway, wow. Uh, Clothes. You're talking about clothes, Yeah, I put them into a plastic bin in the closet because I was just like, maybe if there's aftertimes. There will be aftertimes. It's funny that people say that and I think that there's like... So when I think about the aftertimes, I really just, I get kind of excited about the possibility that they could be totally different. Like for instance, if I choose to go back to live performance, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be amazing to be on a bill where maybe I get the middle slot and my time slot starts at 7 p.m. Right. And then everyone is, the show is over at nine Fans and performers can be in bed and asleep by 1030. Yeah, with their sweatpants. Like we could focus on the radical notion of the radically resistant notion of resting Mm -hmm. inside this hustle grind and just get used to like we could shift things. And so when I think about the aftertimes, I think about like if I'm going to wear those clothes again, but I also like. I did it as a little psychological experiment for myself. I'm just like, if I don't see the clothes, they're not in my closet. I'm not going to wear them. It's going to be so much easier to take that box out and be like, why would I wear these again? Right. Those are those are so pre-pandemic. Those that's pre-pandemic couture. That's right. Can't can't have that. Couture. 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 You're the one who speaks French. I don't speak French. You studied it. <laughs> Let's. Well, how are you defining the term study? It was more of a, a uh, casual an observer, acc- an accent enhancement course <laughs> so, so in high school. Yeah, you dropped me in the middle of Paris. I'm dead within two days. There's no way I'm not making it out of they, there. They, because that's let's spread a rumor about Paris that if you the don't Parisians. speak the Parisians, if you don't speak their language, they will murder you. Oh, if you don't speak it well. 
Kurt, Kurt Saltnick told this funny story about how he met somebody from Wait, France. Wait, who's Kurt Saltnick? Because some people may not know who that is. Uh, Kurt Saltnick uh, was the drummer for June Star from 2012 up until 2019. And he is a great musician. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. And he's just a super sweet guy. He has a penchant for chopping off his thumbs while cooking. Um, he's a good guy. I, I love Kurt. And he was talking about uh, he had met somebody from France and I think he he might have been in France at the time, and the, that seems logical if you meet somebody from France while you're in France, right? And so the there's a it's kind of like there's a slight variation of how you say something will mean something completely different, or it'll be related but not exactly specific to the thing you're trying to say. It's kind of like when you when you listen to somebody speaking Mandarin, you know, it's the the vocalizations, right, and the pitch and stuff like that, and and um. I can't remember what the word was. It was a town or something. And like idioms are definitely influenced by inflection. Yeah. Oh, completely. And he said, uh, the guy, he was talking about going to some town. Like Maybe it was like Son or Um or it was something like that. And then the French <laughs> French guy is like, no, 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 no. It's pronounced Um. Mm. Mm. And then Kirk goes, right. Mm. And he goes, no, 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 no. If you're going to go there, you need to know how to say it. And Kurt says, "Well, do you want to go see it? Because I'm going to send you there in a minute." Mm. Yeah. What I, an American response! I think he was just joking, though. I mean, that might have been an internal monologue on w- Kurt's behalf. <laughs> One of my first um, jobs in Baltimore many a year ago, I worked for an accounting firm, and there was a. Um, Wonderful fellow receptionist or secretary, she may have been a secretary like me, named Olga, who is from Ukraine. And so during lunch, I would ask her to teach me to speak and learn Ukrainian. And they say the word yes, like tuck, but they say it like they're breathing in tuck, tuck, tuck. And I was like, that's so cool. It's just amazing. And then there was also an accountant there who... I believe he was from Ghana. His name was Philip Akamkaparik. Oh. Which was such a great last name to learn how to say because there's so much like, I think it, I, please correct me, anyone, if I'm wrong. But I think Jim Baker, we're talking to you. It's called click language. Yeah, click language. Yeah. And it's yeah. like when you hear his name, Akamkaparik. Yeah, you can hear it. Oh, it's the so percussiveness cool. Of the language. Yeah. yeah. There's a funny um, SNL skit from the 80s with Anna, uh, Adam Sandler where it's a game show called uh, You Can't Get There From Here. And uh, it was like Tim Meadows, Dana Carvey, and um, and Adam Sandler. And Adam Sandler played the the part of, a, you know, your local Boston guy. He was like, yeah, you just go down there, you make a right there. And, you, you know, he's doing the whole Boston accent, the Southie accent. And uh, um, Dana Carvey played uh, like uh, a, a Vermont and like, well, I, you know, he's like doing this kind of like, Pepperidge Farm type of New England accent, and then the Tim Meadows that sounds was, like more like Southern Maine. But go ahead. Tim Meadows was the uh, was a African click language hmm. guy, and uh, so it was. And the whole game show was like, you know, how you give directions to to, to get somewhere because he you can't get there from here. I don't know. You can't get there from here, and so the idea. And so Adam Sandler wins. He goes into the 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 lightning round or the championship round or whatever and he, he gets defeated by tim meadows because 
his his natural sense of direction was greater than Adam Sandler. It was, it was pretty funny. And it goes nowhere. So anyhow. Wow. Wel- wel- that was an incredible diversion we took. I know. Welcome to uh, oh, that's right. Why Aren't You Famous podcast. We, we said our names, but... We didn't welcome people to the podcast. Yeah. How you guys doing? How We're you guys here, doing out there? We are here in the... <laughs> like a live radio thing. How are, you, how are you guy doing out there? Okay, we're going to take caller one, two, and five. What happened to three and four? Yeah, they just don't have uh, what it takes. Those calls, those call lights aren't blinking. No, those are, those, those lines enough. are off. Yeah, so. Um, yes, this is the Why Aren't You Fans podcast. We're on season four. Episode 10. Is it episode 10? This is episode 10. Um, today is February 14th. Vagina day. Huh. Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, that's what they say. Like, that's what I keep hearing. V-Day. What do you think it means? <laughs> v- vegan day? My parents who don't listen to this podcast will be like, can't you just be a little bit more pleasant? It's and, any Valentine- Any excuse, Ellen. What? To just say the word vagina. It's such a great word. Right. Rhymes with angina. Or Regina Regina Canada. That's right. Oh, Canada. Mm. Um, So what are we talking about today? Well, this episode, I have, I have, you don't know this, but I have already titled this episode, Troll. Troll? Oh, we're going to talk about a troll. You had an interesting... We're not going to talk about the troll in chief, Donald Jessica. Oh, we can certainly talk about that too. His but recent. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, some of it, but like, what was interesting was just you know you. I got trolled. You, you entered into to the cyber fray, with Internet Troll One Five Two Seven. Right. That's my you. That's my general term for any Internet troll, because they don't have names. Right. Even though this person does have a name, and it turns out that. I know some of the people that he knows. You gonna out him on this podcast? Oh no, it's not worth it. It's because it's a I'm not him. Yeah, <laughs> but I can certainly talk about how much of a loser he is. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, that's the thing. It was. It's confusing because this person who trolled me on. I'm not on Facebook as of January first. I'm only on Facebook for about 20 minutes Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and I spent a good portion of that 20 minutes spread out on Friday, spread out over the day. Um trying to make this situation a little bit more humorous. So here's the context. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I put up a post that, so they make it backwards further. The New York Times produced a documentary about Brittany Donald Spears. Just kidding. I would never give her that middle name. Can you erase that? Here. I'll, nope. I'll give you a different middle name for her. Brittany Mildred Spears. Okay. Yeah, pop that back in there because I don't want to associate her with. I mean, there's plenty of great Donalds. It sucks because Donald, Donald Duck. Donald Duck. I had a neighbor who was named Donald. He's a great artist and cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of cool Donalds. Donald right. O'Connor. Oh my God, Donald O'Connor. Okay, so Brittany D. Spears. I don't actually know what her middle name is. What are you looking at? I'm listening to you. Oh, okay, I thought maybe. It's just staring into space. Yeah. You had a guinea pig look about you just then. Your, your troll figured out where you lived. And <laughs> He's like outside the window as we're talking. Yes. So I posted on Friday I, that I watched the documentary that the New York Times produced called Reframing Britney Spears. And a little bit of background on my personal um, relationship to her career, because I don't have a personal relationship with her, is that... Yet. <laughs> is that... 
I, so she's six years younger than I am. When Hit Me Baby came, uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time came out in 2000, I was basically beginning my songwriter journey. And so it, it's, and in the, in 2000 is probably like what I would consider the, the crest of the 90s wave for singer songwriters. Like I came on the scene right at the end of that. And by scene, I mean like a scene in Arkansas and then Louisiana, very small, like, you know, mm-hmm. I've always been independent, have not had label support, et cetera. Um, oops. I did it again. Mm-hmm. So I bumped into my, my mic. microphone. I'm doing it several times. Oh, baby, baby. Oh. Anyway, I like pop music. Yes. I'm a Madonna fan. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that Britney Spears is um, is an extension of Madonna 80s. It's different. But I, I appreciate like the fact that it's, you know, I feel like just the same way McDonald's French fries are made. It's like chemically engineered to be appealing and mm-hmm. to want to be consumed for me. Right. And so I also feel that there was a sense of like playfulness. Um, in the same time, it was very conflicting for me because I, I'm always of two minds as a feminist. I want women to use their bodies however they choose. I also find it vexing and stressful that women are frequently sexualized in my business. Um, and she was, this the thing that was, one of the things that was fascinating about this documentary is how early in her career there's like video documentation of her sexualization by Ed McMahon. Like at the age of 10, he's talking to her about being her boyfriend, which is bonkers on a hundred different levels Mm -hmm. that a man in his, he looks like he's in his sixties at that point is querying a 10 year old about her romantic entanglements at that age. And you know what she did? She handled it like a pro. And it's because women are conditioned to deflect, to not react to that stuff. And I can tell you from personal experience, after a while, it just becomes so tiresome that you you don't even notice that you've built this sort of Teflon shield against comments. And that's what the big reckoning for the last few years has been about, is that there have been enough women who have been brave enough to say, I don't want to endure this anymore, even in a casual way, because it's not it's not death by being stabbed. It's death by a thousand cuts. You just become so tired of like having to constantly feel that energy. And what I mean by women exercising their autonomy and their power in any realm, including their sexuality and the presentation of their sensuality is that as a feminist, I have to... I have to say that's a woman's right to do that if she wants to do that in a public forum. However, Britney Spears was produced by a machine that used her, the, the titillating aspects of her sexuality as a young woman to sell. And yes, she participated, but I also think of myself at 15 and 16 and wonder if I would be able to object to participating in that. Well, and I think the the point with that is that she had parents. Well, one parent, one parent. Well, who seemed involved, according to this documentary, right? But like that, but that's that's the thing. It's it's 
not her responsibility until she's of legal age and mind and body and like there's a certain maturity that comes with i mean she certainly could have said no at 16 or whatever but you know at 10 years old getting into the or even earlier than that getting into the the music business or the entertainment business or something like that there's a guardianship that should happen right and you know she's I I wholeheartedly would get behind the idea that well it's not really her fault as much as it at all <laughs> it's her parents' fault yeah so because they're the ones who are they're they're supposed to be the adults in the room who say no you can't photograph her like this no she's not going to wear these costumes no this is not this song is not age appropriate this is not da 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 you are selling my daughter as a as as an object a, a sexual object rather than the talent we're trying to you know dancing or singing and and stuff like that and and so i would make a comparison between britney spears and taylor swift another young white woman entering the music business who was just as sexualized and people obsessed over her virginity and her dating life just as much as they did britney spears however one is considered more like wholesome and one was considered trashy Mm -hmm. anyway I, on Friday, back to the troll part of it. Yes. On Friday on Facebook, I put up a post because I want people to watch this documentary. I think it shows, first of all, how hard she has worked to earn her money, to earn her fame. Whether you like the output of it or not, she is a dancer and a performer and works hard. And you and I have made plenty of jokes over the years about like, well, how do you get a body that looks like that? Well, you have Britney Spears kind of time to do to or dedication to eight and, hours on the treadmill and, and a trainer and a trainer and, and a all those things chef. like and to be like dedicated to your body that way to keep it fit like an athlete for performance. And you look at the things that she's doing and it's I understand um, dangerously close to my stage shows. Right. I respect the professional and the athleticism of her career. Mm-hmm. and there's some songs that I just think are super fun and love to dance to and I like the video production and I think it's really cheeky and and allows me to play with those things in my mind so that because that's not the way that I express my sexuality or my sensuality through my work it's I'm doing it differently isn't it anyway I posted that I wanted to people to not be dissuaded from watching this documentary because I thought it had some pretty important points about what celebrity culture does to people. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk, they very effectively detail how the paparazzi was very different in the aughts than I think it is now. Yeah. And that was like the height of TMZ. And there are so many people that made money off of the schadenfreude of her existence and you see these interviews where she's been asked by mostly men about her virginity her dating life her body Mm -hmm. um she's being criticized for her mothering when she becomes a mother um and it just and then she falls into this legal situation where after she has what is clearly you know very serious challenges with mental illness which may have been latent and were encouraged by her career and the industry or they may have been caused by the fact that 
you can't expose like it does something to your brain to be exposed to that many flash bulbs every single day and you can't even like go get coffee without being photographed well, or uh, that and the world that she was living in was not a real world it was concocted by other people and for her to understand like to, to have like to be able to relate to one other human being must be really impossible to do how could you trust anyone how right. could you trust anyone and then even your own family members who would be like her, they interview her brother and he, I don't even remember what he said, but it wasn't kind and caring and brotherly and protective. And okay. So it's a documentary. I don't know the whole story, but I posted this and I made a comment that one of the reasons I think it's important is that it's, it's further evidence of how our culture, our American culture, right. Does not want, hates, I, what I said was America, and I said it three times, hates, hates, hates women's autonomy mm -hmm. and exercising their power. And the first comment that pops up, <laughs> and, then I'm, and then I've like softened it. I softened it because I've been conditioned well enough as a woman to know that you have to soften these things. And I softened it with my own comment and said, and I posted one of her songs, Toxic, and I was like, also, if you can't have fun with this, like, I don't know how I can help you silly you know like just putting a silly comment mm -hmm. the first comment that comes up is a comment by a white man who says and white not, male internet troll 5127 right and you know hashtag not all men is it one hashtag not three. all white men um, <clears throat> um i think it's 24601 <laughs> oh, yes. oh no he's not jean valjean <laughs> no he's he wishes yes he thinks he is he's not in his own little troll world right and he posted something about how I don't even know what it was said now. It was something like. Oh, I can look it up. You want to look it up and read it? Oh, yeah. Should, what should I do while we wait? Do, 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 yeah, do, just do, do that. Do, 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 oh, no. Do, I don't have Facebook do, on my phone do, anymore. Do, oh, no. We it, can't it doesn't matter. It. Yeah. He, he said, um, he said, uh, uh, well, your argument is nonsense and. Um, you can ignore my opinion. I think is basically what he said. He he just said I don't agree with you because that's nonsense. Yeah, it was something about how, um, like a whole culture doesn't hate women. Right, America doesn't like America loves women, and you're just crazy. He didn't say you're just crazy, but it was just very dismissive. No, he waited later to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I said right. My only response directly to him in that moment was, um. I'm going to leave your comment here so that other people can educate you how much it shows a deep lack of empathy, which is the whole purpose of the documentary. The right. documentary is to help engage people's empathy towards this person who has been so used and abused right. and to see her as a whole person mm -hmm. and, or even just like a person right. <laughs> just to see her personhood and for him to say that so casually, I was like, oh, dude, it is about to rain. Because there's a bunch of people on this page who are friends on my Facebook page who are going to be like, nah, brah. Right. And so it started happening. And a friend of mine jumped into the fray and told me later in a private message, he was like, I rarely engage. He's like, it's been a year since I've engaged in any kind of dialogue. And that was this troll's like point is that oh this isn't the place for dialogue obviously and he just kept like doing he wasn't as vicious as i've seen some people do but he definitely was like not responding to the actual comments and just continuing to double down and it was so strange because he made comments about like championing championing 
Kamala Harris and like we have a first black woman VP and isn't that great? And he made comments about me that I was just working out things about myself in that <laughs> comment. And I was like, well, <laughs> duh, it's my Facebook page. Of course I'm working things out about myself. And isn't that kind of the point of art is that we, we, as an artist, I'm working out something about myself in front of others because I want to find connection to people that way. And I also want to deeper connect with myself, but also that's what art, great art does for me is that it helps me work things out about myself so that I can become a better person, mm -hmm. which was my intention with the original post. So there was like, people just told them, you know, like they're usual, just like you're ridiculous and other things about like, just why are you still here? And I, I chose to respond humorously and I think one of the only other comments I put on there was like, I laughed at one of his comments and I said, to be clear, like the laugh emoji, that was my first comment to be clear that the laugh emoji is just to indicate that I think this is a, you know, like a ridiculous response and that it's going to show you're, you're revealing more about yourself than me in this comment. And then he started making sort of ad hominem attacks um, as they generally do about me being a granola toting feminist. And I made fun of it. Like, yeah. cause I, because you do like granola. I love granola. And the tasty. comment I made was just like, I didn't know that it should be like, are there special totes for it? Right. Like granola shaped totes. Right. Of course. And like artisanal granola should only be carried in a certain type of like hemp weaved tote. Yeah. And that obviously makes me like a non-shaving, uh, you know, like raw milk drinking whatever cliche you're going to give to somebody who like is not considered or is considered sort of like the cliche of like earth friendly. Well, or, but, but not, but not, feminist. But, not, but not, but not feminine in his or, a, or a, an old mainstream type of point of view. Right. Which is the, the other thing that about his response that's just kind of like, Oh man, like, cause I read it and I didn't, I the last time I got involved in a Facebook thing that somebody's commented on your thing, I completely, he wasn't a troll, that poor guy. I teed off on him like it was. Yeah. And, th and then I sent him a message, a personal <laughs> message after that and, and was just like, no, seriously, like we have to have a conversation. Like right. I, was, I was like, I want to find out where you live. And I, well. And, and, but like with him, with this troll guy, like the when you when because you feel I'm, and I don't mean speaking for you you I'm gonna speak generally the general you generally you 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 feel like you should respond to this person it seems like an injustice and you're like I want to respond to that yeah and and also like you know it's not like you guys are actually you know fake f Facebook friends like you don't even know this dude mm -mm. and. And and so the moment you respond and you're trying to make light of it a little bit, his response then just becomes more infuriating because he's never going to acknowledge the the point of view and the, and the point that you're trying to make. And he's not interested in finding a common ground about that. Mm -hmm. He's just going to troll and troll and troll. And it doesn't matter how much, how much, you know, Jesus Christ stuff he has posted on his Facebook page and how he believes in God and Christianity. He's like, well, you're not loving thy neighbor right now, bro. Yeah. Like, I heard about that in the Bible. 
somebody said something about that, be, be nice, be cool. Just be cool. That's like, all you got to do. Just let it go. Don't don't sweat it. It's so fascinating to me, too, because it's just like, why? The, his message said, it, it was something about, like, you just need it. Like, women just need to live their lives and not apologize. And you can st- you can start by ignoring my opinion. This is just my opinion. You can start by ignoring it. Okay. And you, somebody commented, like, why even post it? Yeah, you, you, you can just not post it. Maybe you can ignore the comments. Maybe. And my, like, the, the <laughs> biggest part of my response was, as a white person, it's my responsibility to talk to other people, other white people, about undoing our internalized racial superiority. I don't need to talk to a black person about how I'm undoing that or how they can help me undo it. Mm-hmm. Right. I just need to show that I'm doing it. And just like that men, and I've seen this in action with you because mm-hmm. you and I have talked about it. It's like, it is men's responsibility to go to other men and be like, bruh, right. this is not how it is. This is not how it should have ever been. But now that we know more, we can do better. Right. And so I'm going to show you, what you did wrong and how to make it better. And then also how to not allow that impulse in you to come out, how to train yourself out of that impulse in the future. But it's not women's responsibility. It's not our emotional labor that needs to be spent on educating men. And one of my, one of the like Ellen Cherry friends uh, who's a woman posted that she was just like, she even referred to the emotional labor of it. She was just like, I don't even know if I have it within me to do this. And that's what I said. It's not your responsibility. The reason I left the comment is that I know that there are men who will see this comment and will be upset by the fact that they are being misrepresented, that this is not how men want to be represented. Right. And that's the thing is I don't think of this troll as a man. No. no. I wouldn't put him in the category of men. Men are kind and vulnerable and are curious and allow these conversations to activate their curiosity. And that's where they become strong, where they they show us their strength. And I love men. I think men are incredible. But I would not consider this person to be a man. No. He doesn't get to be included in that group. And I, I would go so far as to say there there are no men on Facebook. Because it's just, it's it's not real. It's, it's, You're on it, Facebook. I'm on, I'm on and I'm not a man on Facebook. I'm I'm just a name with a number and an ability to post stuff on a bulletin board. That's all it is. Yeah. And 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 the, the reason being is because that's not how human beings are hardwired to communicate. We are hardwired in our DNA and our evolution to talk in the same room to right. to to make eye contact and and in-person communication uh, demands accountability. Yes. It's the same thing as like the difference between walking on the street and driving a car. Right. Like when you bump up against somebody in your car, it's not necessarily like... That's not really bumping up. Okay. But I mean, like if somebody acts aggressively (laughs) to you in their car, you have the shield. Whereas if you bump into somebody on the street, you're going to be like, oh man, the first response from most people... I'm sorry. It's going to be like, oh, pardon me. Yep. Oops. Uh, Oops. Oops. I did it again. And it all comes back to Britney. Hashtag free Britney, which seems like it might actually be happening. Yeah. Which if you watch the documentary, there is something that I think this is why it was struck me as so profound is that there is a woman who has built an incredible business to her uh, of, you know, like her 
She's earned millions of dollars. She's supported hundreds, if not thousands, of other people's careers and paid for their life and their lifestyles. And yet she is not, because of an incident that happened 13 years ago, she is not in charge of her finances the way anyone else would be. She's 39 years old. And from, you know, a lay person's viewpoint, she has established that she is capable. And, you know, I don't know the whole story, but I definitely was convinced by this documentary that there is a real problem that feels, and this is my feeling, it feels very paternalistic and patriarchal that she has requested that the one person who is in charge of her conservatorship until recently be removed time and time again because he was absent while she was building that wealth, was not supportive part of her. It's her father. And then all of a sudden he swoops in and is suddenly in charge of things. And it's like, dude, it's the archetype, the archetypical, archetypical messages for other women. I is like archetypal. Archetypal. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. No, we're, 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 typical is sounded weird. Yeah. Archety- oh, I should have picked up on that. I, I, we're also like combining words lately. What was the one you did last week? Because I had dramatic. Dramatic is such a great one. Dramatically different. Dramatically different. Not only was it drastic, but it was drama. <laughs> uh, it always reminds me of a joke. Oh, you were hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> Archetypal, yes. Archetypical. <laughs> Archetypal. <laughs> the archetypes there are that are um, not archetypes. They're tropes of women needing protection. And it's just... I think people are waking up to the fact that even my parents, I talk to my parents about this a lot, that law and order, somebody should do a, you know, a doctoral thesis on like data studies of how many episodes begin with a dead girl, a dead woman. And there's, that's just one tiny little element of the culture that I grew up in, which is that the world is the scary place where I could be like raped or murdered or have my money stolen at any time. And that the only way that I'm going to be protected is to have a male presence in that moment. And it doesn't seem statistically that that's true. It seems like the, the biggest danger for women is more in the domestic fear sphere mm-hmm that the danger that most women experience from men is actually in interpersonal relationships and not from random crimes. Right. I mean, I'm not a sociologist, sociologist or a data scientist who studies that, but my perception of it is that most of the women who are murdered are murdered by their partners. Yeah. And that that's really the thing that we should be addressing. And that if you saw a film on that every day of your life, you'd be like, most women would be like, I'm not getting married. I'm not entering in any kind of domestic partnership with a man because the likelihood of me getting in trouble is higher than if I was just walking on the street, minding my own business at 2 a.m. Well, and that, that comes back to, you know, we're, we're fed a, a steady diet of that, not your idea, but the, that media bullshit. Um, from the time, like, from the television shows that you watch and the movies that you watch and just all the things, maybe not so much the books I read, 
But like, man, the visualization of all that stuff, I always thought that the world was like probably the most frightening, horrifying place on the planet because everyone was getting murdered all the time. Right. And then even like in the past year, like everybody else binge watching stuff, like I, I got, I'm just, I'm tired of, I'm tired of people pulling out guns and shooting people. Oh God, it's so casual. Uh, Like I was watching, I had fond memories of this television show uh, from way back when, Spencer for Hire. Spencer for Hire. With Robert Urich. And um, Uh, Stephanie. It's not Stephanie Zimbalist. That was, uh, that was Remington Steele. Oh, whoops. Um, I can't remember who the female lead in that was, but they, you know, it was Boston based or whatever, but. I, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I saw that in uh, IMDb TV. They had like the whole series, and I was, I was like, oh man, I remember liking this show when I was a kid. I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes, and maybe I'll just binge out on this for a while. It was really hard to watch. Is it violent? Oh man, people are getting like every episode he kills like three people. Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and what we what we now know about like, you know, people who, police officers who you know, in a situation have to use force, whether it's deadly or not, are suffering PTSD. The victims of the families are suffering PTSD. Like everybody is suffering PTSD. And what we're, what we're groomed on is like, you had to do what you had to do. So it was, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be okay with this. Like, no, it's kind of interesting because we're, <laughs> of you were okay with it. We're living in one of the least violent times in human history. Right. In terms of like violent deaths. Right. And so I wonder if, our, is our species so, like we had these hundreds of thousands of years where we were having to counter with the fact that like life was, what did Hobbes say? Brutish and short. Mm. And, you know, you were either going to be like killed by a, a neighboring, a not very neighborly neighbor. Right. Trying to steal your stuff. Um or an animal, yeah, animal that you were trying you. to kill kills you. Whoops, right. oopsie. <laughs> well, the and now we're trying to like play that in the fantasy world because there's something in us that craves to see it. I, I mean, I, this is so reductive, but most people will say that the reason why we like horror films is that you're it's a fantasy. You're playing out like something that we all crave, which is to be excited and titillated by fear. Right, which I'm not interested in. But it's like at a safe distance because you realize that like it's it's just a movie. It's a movie. Yes, it's it's a fantasy rather than a reality type of thing. That's why I can't watch any film I can't watch any horror films that take place in like a house. Because mm. I'm just like, ooh, I can totally imagine Or like a New York style apartment. Oh my God. Because I have a door that like um the building has settled and the door like opens on its own. It's it's settled on an ancient burial ground. It, t- it took me like, well, we should a- acknowledge that everywhere in Maryland we are on oh, no, a sacred burial. Ground. We are on sacred, sacred ground, yes, um, ancestral grounds of people that lived here thousands of years ago, and that we are yes occupying that land. Yes, but I would come out. Um, into my studio area of the apartment in the morning and this door, like two days in a row, I was just like, I don't understand how this keeps happening. I keep showing that door and it would just like open overnight mm-hmm. and I would freak me out twice until I was just like, oh, the building has settled. And right, it's on a slight, that one spot <laughs> is like a slight angle. It just <laughs> First day, man, scared me just super good. So, troll. Troll, internet troll 1527. He eventually like, did not give up he you could tell he was like one of those like i have to have the last word kind of person 
And I just was just like, I don't have time for this anymore because my 20 minute limit ran out. Um, and I haven't checked back in. I'll check back in tomorrow and see what happened. But like most of those conversations, like it's, it just, the, the part of me that's trying to work on my codependency was felt really bad for the people who got involved. And like I private messaged those friends and said like, I hope this didn't affect you personally. And I think a lot of people have a lot better attitude about it and don't internalize it. And they're just like, that guy's a jerk. Whereas I'm just like, nobody's a jerk. That could be, his mind could be changed. <laughs> we could totally change it by like just working harder or saying the right things. And then like, and the unfortunate thing too, is that like you and I looked at this picture on Friday and he just looks like a regular dad dude. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened to you, man, that you felt like and he's never commented on my page before. And like, I don't even know how like we became how, friends because I don't friend anyone. Everyone friends me and I say yes or no. I have only friended like two people on Facebook in 13 years of being on there. That must be, um, maybe there's a troll al algorithm that's running their AI that says you might want to look at this post. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly. This... If you liked trolling this person, you could troll here. Well, did you hashtag anything on it or did you? Hmm. I don't think so. I hashtag um, something about I carry my own granola. Yeah, but that was that was that wasn't in your original. No, that wasn't in the original post. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know, in in the future, you probably have to pay some sort of service to keep trolls off of your. Well, this is the whole this, the the whole thing. Like, I I come back to this sense that it it doesn't matter, but also be, just because it's it's Facebook. I'm going to bring this back to the music. Why aren't you famous thing? Right. I was wondering if we were going to circle it back to like a conversation between two musicians. Trying to just trying to make it in this world. <sighs> we're going to make it. Maybe not. Um, I don't know that Britney Spears song. It's not. Um, it's Laverne and Shirley. Uh, we're going to make it after all. Right. Okay. But that's why I. I no, that, that's Mary Tyler Moore, isn't it? Oh, we're you're gonna right. make uh, it after all. You're going to make it after, after all. all. Yeah, Laverne and Shirley is Schlemiesel, Schlemazel, Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. We're gonna do it. Give us any rule, we'll break it. Give us any tool, we'll make it. That's not the word. <laughs> I don't. We're gonna make our dreams come true. America hates us. Drinking some beer now. <laughs> right. So. But I, I think about on your market set and go now. You know, we'll just wait. I'll wait till this this phase passes through your life. Hold on. Come on, you gotta like understand that some of us have like a, a slight um, obsession with making sure that loops get closed, and the singing loop has to get closed. Are we still recording? Yes. All right. Cool. Yeah, I want you to talk about how it relates to us as musicians and bring it back to why aren't you famous? Because of trolls? No, because it's 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 uh, about strategy, and Facebook has run its course. Yeah, like the the one thing that I I my big realization of the pandemic, and then like not doing I don't do any of the the live streams really anymore. I haven't done one in months. Me neither. Um, and part of it was just because. I'm starting to get this, like, I'm tired of Facebook telling me what I want to do and when I can just use Facebook for, because your conversation with this internet troll 1527, in conversation I'm going to put in quotes, um, 
it just kind of highlights the 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 uselessness of it. Yeah. And and so what is Facebook good for? Well, people do go there. People do look at things on Facebook. And it's like That's yeah. how I saw the lawyer cat video. Oh man, the lawyer cat video. So beautiful. Thank but, you Universal Hum for that lawyer. <laughs> so so I'm looking at more um developing more of a blog page on my web on my website. Oh, interesting. Where'd you get that idea? I'm going to do something that <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Mine isn't public. Mine is only for subscribers. Right. So I well I'm going to try to ma- I'm going to maintain two kind of versions of it. Cool. And so but the one is going to go to like the one that I, like if I want people to read what I'm doing or if I if I have commentary like that I'll just go ahead and post my link onto the Facebook and then go to my page. Yeah, no, drive everybody like drive you're every, driving as, everybody as, back to your site. Everyone back to my your site. site. Yeah. yeah. And if I do live video or something like that or if I post a video, you know, or I'll do a teaser or whatever because that's all Facebook is good for. Uh, the the first thing that that troll said was like, "Well, this is the place for dialogue." And and it's like, "Okay, well, obviously either you don't believe that and you're trying to be funny, which you're not because I don't know. Um something in the universe sucked your sense of humor away and your sense of humanity and you're obviously troubled. Yeah. Um, but Facebook is not the place. It is not the place for dialogue because dialogue happens in person. Right. Um, and so I just like from the music standpoint and, and wanted to engage because I want to engage with my audience, but they're, they're really great about subscribing, but whenever I send them emails, they don't really send me anything back. That's the thing that I so. was like. That's the thing that I want us to talk about. Uh, you know, maybe off camera, but um, and there's no cameras here. Yes. But um, is that like we figure out a way? Because I've been thinking about this too. Like how to make Bandcamp into more of like a Facebook. What Facebook could be, where, or better yet like a fan forum used to be like when yeah. you would go to a fan group, yeah, a message board, a message. That's the words I'm looking that's for. That's what I really, I, I would love to have a message board that, that the fans co- talk to each other about the stuff that you're talking about. Right. And then we talk to them and like, how do we get there? Like we need, well, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure if you look at Squarespace, they have a message board. I'm sure there's a message board feature on there. I mean, somebody can do it. Right. And then it's just driving people there. And then it's like, I don't know, trying to capture people's, you know, attention about it and getting them to, you know, this is a free, this is a form of exchange and, and, and have a moderator, which of course, guess who the moderator would be? Once you, me, I'd be moderating your page. No, no, no. You'd be the moderator. Like you'd have to moderate your, your page. Well, unless you, until what? you get to the point where you could hire somebody to do oh, that. Oh yeah, man. God, God, I can't even imagine hiring But the thing somebody. about it is, so my Ellen Cherry page on Facebook has... Four thousand, just under five thousand, four thousand two hundred ninety nine friends, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if I could just get ten percent of those people to migrate to Bandcamp and become subscribers, right? That would be my sustainable model, right? And I think about that all the time. I'm like, I, I'm sure there's some kind of magic formula that I could do to figure it out, but like, it's I'm still struggling with it. I'm also like wanting to. I've gotten a little today excluded i've gotten a little bit better about having a a regular routine schedule where i'm actually like working in the afternoons Mm -hmm. and like dedicating a couple of hours to artistic creative work which has been really really helpful um uh oh are we already at the end please keep talking whoa we didn't even talk about 
Just relax. Former troll in chief getting. We don't have to talk about him. He's not worth the, the conversation right now. Yeah. It's just news. It's just part of history. <laughs> That's right. It is. Ugh. It is just part of. But history. I don't think. Yeah, you're right. That the the um, Max Bent and Jim Baker may not want to hear about that right now. <laughs> Maybe they're just like, "What's up, y'all?" <laughs> they might not be interested in that type of thing. Um. But you never know. You don't ever know. So. That was the quickest 45 minutes ever. That was actually 48 minutes. Wow. It was so fast. I know. Okay, well, Ellen Jerry, since you've been talking about Bandcamp a little bit, where can I find your uh, your your music, your wares? My wares are being sold by Bandcamp at ellencherry.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe. And what you become is an executive producer. And last month I produced a 35-minute video piece mm-hmm. with, my executive, with the help of my executive producers. And this month I'm working on um, a strange little... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of it as a horror film, but it's not really a horror film. It's a thriller. It's a thriller set in Baltimore City during the pandemic. So it's not going to be... During times. It's not going to be 35 minutes long. It's probably going to be like maybe seven or eight minutes, but I'm, I'm exploring some video concepts and some sound concepts and things like that. Um, what about you? Where can we find you? You can find my, my stuff at uh, junestar.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe. And... Um, yeah, I got tons of tons of stuff on there. I haven't done anything lately. This has been the most ironic February album writing month. <laughs> Both of us have been like, I signed up again February album writing month. Zero songs. I've got a couple things, but I haven't I haven't really spent the time to kind of figure them out. Right. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's so been kind of a depressing f- it's, ha- first half of February. It's fine. I don't care. Like I don't care. Like I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm just rolling. Yeah. Um, and uh, but there's pretty soon there'll be a video up. We we filmed a video, a live video, uh, and that'll be going up. There'll there'll be a concert ticket thing for that too. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's what I forgot to say. Yeah, you have a concert video. I you? um I have a special anniversary coming up this Wednesday, February seventeenth. Right. Is eight eight years since my car wreck, and you were part of the team um, with Blani and David from Wags Media that helped record a a concert video that will go out to the subscribers hopefully on Wednesday. Um, I, though this is going to be not posted for a couple of weeks, so. Right. No, well, we could always give them a one-two punch if we wanted to. Bam. Kabam. Kabam. So, all right. Well, Ellen Cherry, it was good talking to you. Always happy V Day. Happy V Day, whatever that m- may mean to individuals out there. Victory. That's right. Um, for vaginas. For Vaseline. Ooh, no, not for vaginas. No, that's that's petroleum jelly. That's bad for you. Yeah. Right. Okay. It needs nothing. Self-cleaning device. Okay. There we Ooh. go. Easy on, easy off. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like a self-cleaning oven. This, gotcha. <laughs> this is not... <laughs> the only thing that I that brings to mind is Tony Randall, because he used to do those commercials. Oh. While I was watching Spencer for Hire. <laughs> God. Okay. We should just cut the end of this off. Nope. It's going on there. <laughs> Ooh, disco. There you go. <laughs> Bye. Bye.